0: to the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. We discuss five questions in about 10 or 15 minutes. And I'm very excited to welcome our guest today. This is Tom Kirkham of Iron Tech Security. And I'm very grateful to have him with us. He is from Fort Smith, Arkansas. So Tom, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. What would you like the audience to know about Iron Tech Security?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Uh, Iron Tech Security is a provider of cybersecurity defensive services. So, uh, if you have a small business, an individual, high net worth individuals, entrepreneurs especially, uh, we can protect both your business and and your personal life, your family life, from hackers, uh, theft of identity. Uh, ransomware attacks and on and on and on we are we deliver best of breed enterprise grade defensive solutions these are these are things that the same procedures policies and technical controls that the department of defense and fortune 10 companies use
0: wow and so it's designed you you work specifically with the small business and, and kind of the solopreneur type audience? Is that kind of your ideal target?
1: Yeah, a small to medium-sized business, but what we discovered over the years is we were still dealing with the personal issues of high net worth individuals. And this year, we started seeing trending targeted attacks on high net worth individuals. So we decided to launch what we call our concierge service because they do have a different risk profile than even their own company does. That's true. And and you know and and what a lot of people don't understand especially when you're you get into the smaller companies you hear why would anybody want to attack me? I'm in a little podunk town in Arkansas. I'm a, I'm a small one-man accountant or you know whatever it may be. And what most people don't realize these are highly automated attacks done at scale by many specialties in the criminal hacking industry and make no mistake it's an industry they don't care who you are they don't care where you are all they're looking at is conversion rates on the victims that they're that they, or the 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 shotgun emails or whatever distribution they're doing it at volume and they have a really good a multi-million dollar payday if they just convert one percent just for an example. So don't think you won't be a target because you will, if you have, if you don't have the right protection in place.
0: Well, it's, it's good for all of us to be considering that. So thank you for taking a few extra minutes there to to talk about that and the importance of defending ourselves and uh, those things that are important to us. So great. Well, let's go to our questions. Our first question, talk a little bit about how leaders can help resolve conflicts within a team, or maybe even with themselves and a member of the team.
1: Well, I can tell you how we do it, and it it's been working for a long time. Uh, we established a servant leadership culture, and we spend a lot of the lot of the time keeping everyone focused on the ball. And so, any time which is extremely rare, any time anyone has a problem with someone else in the organization it It's more of about be candid with your feelings. Be empathetic and sympathetic. Put yourself in the other person's shoes, all right and and see and and t- try to objectively see it from their viewpoint and then try to resolve the issues logically. Apply critical thinking skills. Reduce the emotion out of it. Does that mean does that mean our company is walking around like a bunch of zombies? No, of course not. We 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 have a very unique culture where we, we still have a lot of personality in the organization and the organization itself has a personality because we genuinely enjoy working together. And to further add to that, our hiring practices are such that depending on who's doing the hiring, and usually they go through two or three interview processes because people want to work for us uh, depending on who's doing the hiring, they, they, let's say I'm one of the interviewees, maybe the first one, maybe the last one, uh, maybe two or three others are doing it. But the whole point of that is to feel where they're coming from. Do, do, are they, do the, are they genuinely lifelong learners? Or are they looking for a job? If you're, if you're just looking for a job, you're not a good fit. And, and so if you, if you do things right up front, you know, you want to hire somebody that you would like to work with, or at least you're open-minded enough to overcome uh, whatever it is you think you have. You know, with with somebody, and so it kind of gets back to if you the more work you put in up front on hiring the right people or coaching the existing people, if you don't have a, you know, really good hiring practices. Which, you know, if you're going to start right now and say, yeah, I'm going to work on my interview questions and how we go about things, and I'd love to share any uh, any of the things that we do. I'm actually working on formalizing it a lot more and putting structure to it to where we can score and things like that. Anyway, just send me an email and I'll give you the contact stuff at the end. Uh, but it, it, if you can just get everybody to be candid, let's... If, if everybody's focused in going the same overall direction, taking care of the client, growing revenue, make the company profitable, more profitable, whatever, I want to make more money, That's those are the things that's going to drive you, you know, that that, that will happen. Make the clients happy above all else. Protect them is actually job one. But if you put all of those things in place the squabbles and the, whatever you want to call it the drama the poli- the politics the, those you would be utterly shocked how they just all melt away or even when they do happen it's no big deal
0: yeah quickly uh, resolved in that in that
1: setting exactly exactly we don't wear our feelings on our shirt sleeves
0: uh, that's such great advice because it's so easy to get caught up in the emotion and to start getting egos involved but I like how you described getting everybody on the same page. And those hiring procedures are critical because you can establish not only what kind of a person you're bringing into the company, but it's also kind of setting the expectation. They can tell through the interview process that you're serious about culture. You're serious about having everybody get along and work together towards a common goal. That is such great advice. Thank you for sharing that. And, yeah, we'll make sure that we get your email address here in a few minutes so that if people are interested in getting more specifics, they can reach out to you, and you can feel free to share whatever you want to share with those folks that reach out. So,
1: Yeah, be happy, be happy to share anything we have here.
0: Well, that's great. Thank you. Yeah. Question number two, I'm sure you've heard the phrase that people don't leave jobs, they leave managers. What is one suggestion that you have for how leaders can hold on to their talent longer?
1: What's in it for them? what's in it for the person that you're overseeing or you're managing what's in it for them what's their life goals you know occasionally we do some interns and yeah we we put interns through the same interview process if we're hiring major parts of the executive team because our intentions with an intern is not to have a warm body our intentions with the intern is hopefully convert them into a lifelong employee or at least a full-time employee. But if you learn what their long-term goals are, the way we've set our culture up is if there's an opportunity to, to make a lateral move or an up move or a down move to, to what they truly want to do, because we vetted them in the hiring process, right? Right. But once they get in there, they go. I don't know if I want to be, a, a, you know, a network administrator. Or maybe I want to work in sales. So okay, well, let's talk about that. Let's see what we. Let's see if we can make a place for you. That kind of engagement to everyone on your team, it creates a a, a very nurturing and uh, just a great relationship because they realize that it's. It, You know they're really looking out for us, and when somebody says, "You know, we got an intern not not too long ago, and this has happened two or three times," um, an intern says, "Hey, I really want to stay here, but this and had an accounting degree, just graduated. I really want to stay here, but this accounting firm who we actually used or are using still." So they made me an offer I can't refuse. And we weren't in a situation to match that offer. And truly there were no hard feelings. Did it cause a, it, it did cause internal problems. We had a disruption in, in that role in the office, but it, it wouldn't have mattered. Nothing was going to change that. And, and we truly believe that we understand, you know, that that's you, you, we can't make it work. So, you have to do what you have to do you know think you know what what do you need to be happy in life and if it jails together where we're flying in the, all in the same direction then that's win win for everybody right? right so that wasn't very brief by the way so <laughs> we'll see if we I can tighten it up a little bit
0: no you know, that, that I really admire that response though because so many companies are looking to fill a spot. Put somebody in the seat, put somebody in that office to do a certain task. And that's really all they're interested in. And your approach is unique and is one that I wish more companies would adopt, which is, hey, we've got a great person here and maybe they want to work a little bit different spot within the company. Or we recognize that maybe their pursuits need to be elsewhere, but you're focused on the person and you want to help them succeed. And yeah, sometimes it, it does cause a little bit of pain on the internal side, but uh, I to me, it speaks volumes of your integrity as well as the integrity of the company and the culture that you have when you're focused on what you can do to help that individual find success in their role, wherever that may be, whether it's inside your company or elsewhere. So I can yeah. pass off well, to you.
1: Yeah. Well, we do the same thing with clients. We interview clients as well. They may think that they're interviewing us and then they get to pick, but actually it doesn't happen very often because we set clear expectations, whether we're interviewing a client or an employee, a prospect, either way. Right. And, uh, it kind of elevates some of the clients that in the past we might've struggled with. And, you know, we set expectations for either side and, uh, it, creates a smoother relationship all the way. And they realize that, you know, they're not just trying to extract money out of me or or they're trying to ext- extract labor out of me, right? Because, you know, it's really the same thing, you know, and, yeah. and that culture permeates. So if you're going to go down that road, you've got to walk the talk. You can't just talk it. If you don't walk it and believe it and genuinely care about the the customer, the client, the employee, even our vendors, we treat our vendors the same way. So and and it builds a remarkable company.
0: Oh, you bet! Oh, great culture. I, I think that's fantastic. Great, great job. Yeah, we
1: don't we don't have much turnover.
0: <laughs> that doesn't sound like it. So <laughs> that's, I'm glad we're asking you that question. So now I'm curious to hear the answer to the next question, which is, how would you recommend or what advice would you give to a leader of a team or a company on how they can build resilience within that team and that company?
1: Well, let me ask you what your turn what your definition of resilience is. <laughs>
0: That's part of the question, I guess you might say. In my book, it is, how do you handle what I would call an unforeseen challenge? When something comes up, how do you resolve that? How do you bounce back from it? How do you help people not get discouraged and down over something that was unforeseen that couldn't have been predicted? How do you help people bounce back from a a reversal, a challenge, something unexpected that was not uh, not a fun experience?
1: That they felt that they were being blamed for.
0: Oh, not necessarily that. I think I'll I'll use a a very broad example. Obviously, the entire world just went through a big pandemic that had a lot of unexpected uh, consequences to it. And there were a lot of people and a lot of companies that crumbled under that, not just because of a loss of business, but the emotional toll. And how can we help our teams and our leaders understand how to build that resilience? It's difficult when you can't specifically see. It's kind of like your cyber attack situation. You can't always see the attacks, but you still have to be able to defend them. And uh, so how can we help our team members and the employees feel a sense of, okay, we've got a new challenge. We didn't expect it, didn't want it, but how are we going to deal with it and to build up that resilience and that confidence that, yeah, they can get through it?
1: Well, your comparison to the cybersecurity world is apt because, you know, it's like the known knowns, The known unknowns and the unknown unknowns, or I probably butchered the second one there, but, uh, but basically, you know, imagine a captain of a cargo ship's about to set sail across the Pacific Ocean. He's going from Shanghai to Long Beach. Days and days in advance, he's planning that entire voyage to minimize the things that are unknowns, unknown unknowns, right? He can't possibly anticipate everything. But no matter what happens, what crisis happens, what event happens, something bad happens, regardless of what that is, the the likelihood is greatly diminished by him knowing the crew experience. What's the condition of the engines? Are the fuel tanks full? What kind of cargo do we have? I watched over the loading of it. I know how the ship is balanced. And the list goes on and on and on. We do that the same way with cybersecurity we try to anticipate okay who's going who's the threat actors we're dealing with what's the threat technologies and we put defenses in place to anticipate everything we possibly can but nothing is 100% so i i in a in a broad sense the resilience uh, minimizing that resilience, first of all, take stress off of everybody. If you're going from crisis to crisis, to crisis, you're not being an effective manager and you're sure as hell not being an effective leader. Okay. Uh, so if, if, if you've prepared for that voyage or that football game, you know, if you think of a coach and trying to anticipate every move, the other team is going to make when those mistakes happen, or the unknown unknown pops up. First of all, there are fewer in number, but for the same reason that you've planned for everything you possibly can, you're probably the best person to make decisions in a split second and react decisively and as quickly as logically possible by applying critical thinking skills. And, 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 and that's all part of being on the team. You know, whether it's football or shipping or whatever it may be, I, I think that answered your question.
0: It's, it's a great answer, and it's it's a it's a challenging one because again, we're talking about that unknown unknown. Right. And I like your analogy of the shipping. We, we prepare for the voyage with some experience. Some people can gain that sense of, of foreshadowing and saying, "Okay, let's be prepared for this, for this, for this." But uh, yeah, I, I love it in, in, in your company, Tom, and I know this is the case because we were answered to your previous questions. You have fantastic culture. And, and to me, that's really what it comes down to is having the culture that says, we are, we're gonna problem solve this together. We're gonna be united. We're gonna be moving that vision forward together and, uh, and creating that, that culture and that sense of teamwork that, okay, we've got a new challenge that we didn't expect, but we can work together and everybody knows their role and they know what to do.
1: Yeah. And, and another thing, and and just to put a fine point on that, whenever something does go wrong, and, and this is a part, this is any good InfoSec or cybersecurity expert is going to do this when there's a security event or anomaly. You do a postmortem on it. Mm-hmm. So you, you're better prepared the next time. Now you can anticipate this thing you've never seen before. Right. We do that even on poor decisions. And I'm if anyone says they're a perfect decision maker uh, I need some I need some documentation to prove that because I will be the first person to say I made a mistake. I know more today than I did yesterday because of that. How do we fix it and let's move on and 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 everybody else is treated the same way. now I have that luxury, you know that I can do that, but I honestly I honestly want everybody else to feel that way in the company. And uh sometimes people stand up and fight and they go, Well, let's it's not a mistake yet. Sometimes they re they remind me or their manager this isn't a mistake yet. We can salvage it. Okay, let's do it. And oh, we'll cool. back you up on it. You know, that kind of attitude. So right all down. of those things, it just it, it's the culture. And I'm beating a dead horse, right? <laughs> you know, here here's one saying that I love by Peter Drucker. Culture eats strategy for breakfast. Now, if you've never heard that, I want you to think about that because you hear strategize this and strategery from the old G.W. Bush days, or was that his dad? I can't remember which one said that. I think it was G.W. Uh, We're not getting political here, but it it was funny. But you can talk strategy and implement strategy all day long, but if, if, if the culture isn't right, you're not going to realize that vision or strategy that's in your mind. It's just not going to be executed as well as it could be. That, 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 that culture eats strategy for breakfast.
0: Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Great comment. Uh, great comments. Great conversation. Let's go on to question number four. Is there someone that you would like to recognize that has made a difference, a positive impact in your life?
1: Oh, Wow a positive one i could give you a great negative one let's see and and it wouldn't be bad for for the show but let's think, let me think about a positive one uh and there's been so many others uh gosh it's i had a good friend of mine that uh, owns a a big insurance agency here he is one of the pit was one of the pillars of the community and uh he you know about 20 years yeah, 20 years older than me. And I had the opportunity to spend probably 20 years with him. And, you know, we were, uh, you know, beer drinking buddies, but we did business together as well. And it we, it was like, we had a lot of heart to heart talks and I, I gained a lot of wisdom along these lines. Now, did I get my culture from him? No, he ran his company totally different. He came from it from a different angle, but uh he still had a lot of valuable input so no matter whether you're hearing it from me on this or you've got others that you've heard these nuggets of wisdom or pearls of wisdom over the years no matter how much you think about it you have to mold it and make it a part of you even if you're not the leader and the owner and all of that it it it's gotta be a part of your management style because that's and and the more you can pick up these these pearls and these nuggets and apply them to your life, uh it just builds not only your personal brand, but it builds your own life and it and it and it and it, and it enriches your life and hopefully it increases happiness for yourself.
0: Oh, that's great. Thank you. All right, our last question. Tell us a little bit about your first job.
1: My very first job in high school. Was a newspaper reporter, sports reporter, and a photographer for a very, very small daily newspaper in a very, very small town in Arkansas. And saying small town in Arkansas is saying something. (laughs) (laughs) So I believe you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's no big, huge cities in Arkansas. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was very fun and, uh, got to chase, I had to drive around and chase car accidents and, and, and actually when I went to college, I, because of that, I got sideline passes to the Arkansas Razorback football and basketball games. Yeah. I was actually on the sidelines of the sugar bowl when Lou Holtz and the, you know, he was coach of Arkansas at the time and we played Alabama at the sugar, but 1980 sugar bowl. I was on the sidelines in new Orleans. And, um, I think I was, I just turned 18 years old. Oh Wow. Yeah.
0: That's a a great, I like that one. I haven't heard this one before. I've I've asked a lot of uh, people that question about their first job. And it's the first time I've heard about a, a sports reporter. Even yeah. Yeah.
1: I, yeah, I, I was really bad at it. The <laughs> photography part, the photography part, I did good, but the, but the writing, Oh, whoa, whoa. Uh-uh, no, <laughs> it was, I I'm surprised I didn't get fired. So.
0: No, no, I'm sure you did a great job. Well, yeah. Tom, thank you so much for taking time to be on the podcast. I've really enjoyed our conversation today. How can people find you? And especially with some of the things we talked about earlier, email address, whatever you're comfortable sharing, but how can people get a hold of you?
1: All right. I'm going to go through some websites here so you can pause and write them down when you're listening to this or watching it. My my uh, speaking and book selling, well, we don't really sell books on the website, but anyway, it's TomKirkham.com and Kirkham is spelled just like you see it, but it's K-I-R-K-H-A-M, Kirkham, TomKirkham.com and the email is Tom at TomKirkham.com. So any of you have any questions, you want to maybe get some ideas on interview techniques, or anything that we've talked about today, or anything about cybersecurity, that's a great way. Uh, the company has two websites. They're two different divisions. One is irontechsecurity.com, and the other is Kirkham.it. And both of the books, Hack the Rich and the Cyber Pandemic Survival Guide, are both available on Amazon. And uh, they have they, both, these are cybersecurity books written for the layperson, These aren't boring IT or cybersecurity books written for our peers or my peers, which I, I, that's really, that doesn't sound right. They're written for owners and managers that have to make executive, managerial, and leadership decisions about protecting their companies. And the cool thing about it is, is both of them have a fictional part to the book to illustrate the real life examples of what I like, you know, to, raise everyone's awareness on and the stories have the same characters book to book Mm -hmm. and we expand on it and my next book will further expand on it a lot more on the fictional side as we address these things to management and leadership principles Mm
0: -hmm. Well, well look forward to that because that's that's obviously where i live and, and breathe is the leadership part of it. But I like what you're what you're doing with your books and pulling in those principles into cybersecurity world. So that's fantastic. Again, Tom, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. This is Sean Richards with the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. For more information, go to teamengagementpodcast.com. And we also invite you to subscribe or follow the podcast wherever you may watch it or listen to it. Thanks so much for joining us today. Have a great day.